message today. John 14, chapter 14, verse 1. Familiar verse for you all. And it says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for a wonderful time of worship. Thank you for the fellowship that we experience here like no other place on this earth. We are blessed. And for this time that we have together this morning, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. I, I pray that the word of God would be heard clearly. I pray that the voice of God would be heard clearly. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place to do all that you desire to do in, in healing and restoration and, and in filling your people so that we may be bold witnesses for Christ everywhere we go. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The goal of today, the goal of today is that you would hear the word of God. Hear the word of God, listen to the word of God, and apply the word of God in the situation that you are in today. Today, we are faced with all oh, the things that we are faced with today. The uncertainty of, of the stock market, the invasion of Syrian refugees, uh, our liberties being taken away from us on a regular basis, the, the horrors of, of Planned Parenthood, these are the things that, that we are faced with uh, every day now. And we can't hide from it, it's in the news, and it affects us. These are the things that affect us every day as people of God, as a church, as a society. And if we bring it down to a, a personal level, your personal turmoil today may be marriage-related. It may be work-related. It might be sin-related. It might be money-related. It might be sickness-related. And, and maybe you are dealing with multiple things at the same time. And as... We were here Wednesday night and we, we listened to, to Becky speak and it was a, a wonderful time and I, and I hope that 50 CDs is not enough because you need to get it. You need to get it and you need to listen to it and you need to, we need to be informed, don't we, Pastor? We need to be informed and we need, to, we need to understand what God has written in the sky for, for us to see and to interpret. He's not hiding it from us but we need wisdom from him to be able to understand that which he has created so that we can know what's going on. And I'm so grateful for, for those he has given wisdom and discernment to that they can effectively uh, teach on it. And Becky did a wonderful job Wednesday night. So please get that and understand and share it with others as well. And so one, one of the things that she said is of all these things that we have, that we're in the midst of right now, all the, the bad news and all the garbage that we hear every single day that we deal with, as a follower of Jesus, hey, we got good news. It's an exciting time to live in today because we are the generation that gets to see it. We are the generation that gets to, to see these things happen. As, as Rob said, these, these things have started happening 3,000 years ago. We've only seen seven of them and there won't be another one for 600 years. And so, wow, if there was ever a time that, that we would say, if you have ears, please hear. Yeah. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying today. 
And I hope that we don't get so caught up in the bad news that we don't realize that we have a time to rejoice. That it's an exciting time for us to be able to live in this time and to be bold witnesses of Jesus wherever we may be. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Amen. Amen. So we, we are human. We're flawed. We will react in ways that are less than desirable. We are fragile. We are given naturally to, to worry and anxiety. But the truth of the matter is this. Don't take this harsh, but just take it as, as, as the truth. Because we're all given to worry and anxiety. But a, children, a child of God should not give in to worry and anxiety. Amen? Because when we worry, basically what we are telling God is that we doubt his abilities to provide for us. In Hebrews 11:6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, I believe in that scripture, I believe he's talking specifically about salvation because in order for us to be saved, faith must be exercised. Faith must be enacted. And without faith at salvation, it's impossible to please God. So I think that's exactly what, what he is saying, that in our salvation, there must be faith in order for us to receive the salvation of God through, through the death of, of Christ and resurrection. But we can apply this here as well because we know that we have to live our lives and we need to live our lives in faith when we take step by step, one step in front of the other, we live by faith and we will live by faith until Jesus comes again and we see him face to face and we are in his presence forever. Then and only then will we no longer be required to live by faith because our faith will be sight. We will be in the presence of God, but until then we must live by faith. So worry and anxiety should not be a part of our lives, but we are human, that happens, so we need to recognize it, and that's part of our process. That's part of the process in us that God does, that he is working in us, and whatever your situation may be this morning, realize that he is more than big enough. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. There's a song that we used to sing with our kids when they were little. Anybody here remember uh, Salty, the singing songbook and Charity Church Mouse? Anybody? Fred, anybody else? Anybody else? Charity Church Mouse? And this is one of those uh, series of, of children's videos that we'd watch with our kids when they were little and the, the kids might lose interest and leave the room, but I'd, be, I'd sit there just mesmerized. I'd, you know, I'd be clueless that they actually left the room, but I'd, I'd, keep, uh, I'd keep watching. But we would sing this song. And what a simple little song. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And anytime I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. Anybody remember that? How simple that is. So how do we do that? How do we build our faith? How do we get to the place in our lives where anxiety over uncertainties in this life no longer weigh us down? Well, that's a question we'd like to have answered, isn't it? 
Well, right off the bat, I will tell you, I'll tell you two things that are more important than anything else. Pastor Rob already said it. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how we build our faith. So one, one key is love reading this more than you love reading anything else. And for, for many, that's, that's a challenge. But love reading God's word more than you love reading anything else. And Jesus said in the book of, book of, Jesus is quoted in the book of Hebrews 10, 7. The writer of Hebrews quoting Jesus said, the volume of the book is written of me. The volume of the book is written of me, Jesus said. And so that means that we can find Jesus in the Old Testament. That means if you, if you look and you study and you read the redemptive plan of God and the prophecies that Jesus is coming and everything that Jesus went through was prophesied in this book and came to pass. So the redemptive plan is, of Jesus, yes, is in the Old Testament. And of course, we know that the New Testament is filled with a mass message of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. What did Mark Shell tell us to do? He said, read two chapters of your Bible every day. Well, why did he tell us to do that? Well, he knew that reading God's word would cause us to think right. He knew that reading God's word would bring faith. He did a sermon that was called, You Gotta Get Your Thinking Right. The building of our faith and the process of thinking right comes with being in God's word. And second of all, being God's presence. Psalm 1611 says that you make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's no greater sense of peace. There's no greater sense of joy, no greater sense of belonging than when you are in God's presence giving him what he desires most. So what does God desire most? Why did Jesus come? Jesus came and willingly laid down his life so that we might be restored to God in right relationship, right? Right relationship. To build right relationship means time and devotion. And so what he desires from us is our time and our devotion. So the invitation today from the Holy Spirit is come. The invitation of the Holy Spirit is to come, come into my presence. And we are encouraged to do so in humility. We're also encouraged to do so with boldness to come into God's presence. And when we are in that place, in that time, that place of being in God's presence, we're in his word, we're enjoying that place of his presence. What we will see more and more clearly is this. We will see the love of Jesus to care for his children Number two, we will see the ability of Jesus to care for his children. And number three, we will see the reality of Jesus caring for his children. That's what we're going to talk about today. So hear this message. Don't let your heart be troubled this morning. Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. All right, number one, the love of Jesus to care for his children. Most of you know this. Most of you, this will come as no surprise to you. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. 
Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And in Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, it says that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth of his love and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 41.10, it says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Nobody forced Jesus to go to the cross. Nobody forced Jesus to go to the cross. Nobody forced Jesus to make an act of love for you and me. In John 10, 18, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me because I lay it down of my own accord. That was the love that Jesus had. That was the obedience that Jesus showed to his heavenly father. That was the honor that he showed to his heavenly father. That was the obedience that he wanted to, to show. But he laid it down of his own accord. It's not a tragic event. The death of Jesus is not a tragic event in history. Listen to this. The will of God was not thwarted by the killing of Jesus. The will of God was complete and the will of God was satisfied by the sacrificial death of his son Jesus. Why? Because of the depth of his love. The depth of God's love for us is, you know, the, the Bible says that we can, we can have an understanding, we can have an aha moment where we understand the goodness of God and the, his great love for us. But until we see him face to face and until we truly are in his presence, we will never fully know, we'll never fully understand the depth of his love. His love was so great for, for you and me that in Isaiah 53.10, it says, it was the will of the Father to crush him. It was the will of God the Father to bruise his son. It was his will that his son die to make his soul an offering for sin. He will care for you in your seasons of high anxiety and uncertainty because he loves you and he wants you to experience true peace. The ability of Jesus to care for his children. He has the ability to care for you because he has the authority over all things, so he has the ability, he has the authority of all things. But also because he was tempted in all ways. He was tempted in all ways, yet he did not sin. So he sympathizes with us in all of our uncertainties. How many, and how many times in your own life have you said, nobody understands what I'm going through? How can God understand what I'm, what I'm going through? I'm, it's just the truth, he does. Because he experienced it. The Bible says that there was, there was no temptation that he did not experience. Yet he didn't sin in his temptation. So he can sympathize with us. 
And Hebrews 2.18 says, for he himself, because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He can help you. He can help me. This is another thing you need to hear. Because we all get messed with. We all get tempted. We all know that the enemy, we don't, maybe, maybe we don't all know this, but let me tell you this, that the, our enemy, the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to mess you up. He wants you to feel like that you have failed. He wants you to feel like that there's nobody that understands what, what you are going through. But Jesus understands. And so often we, we read John three sixteen, one of the greatest verses of the Bible, but, but let's move on to John three seventeen. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through his son that the world might be saved. There's no condemnation. If we, the only time that there's condemnation is if, if the, your life ends and you have rejected Jesus. Then there's judgment. Then there's condemnation. As long as you have breath in your body, you have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to turn your life around and ask him to to fill you, change you, save you and get your mind right and your life right. And today is that day. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus came not to condemn you. Jesus came not to judge you. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came to save you. There is no condemnation in Christ. Romans 8 says that, and he wants you to be whole. The love of Jesus for his children, the ability of Jesus to care for his children, and the reality of Jesus caring for his children. There's a great song by Finding Favor, and it's called Say Amen. Many of you probably are familiar with the song, and this is what it says. If there's anybody here who's found him faithful, anybody here who knows he's able, say amen. If there's anybody here who, who has seen his power, anybody here brought through the fire, say amen. amen. Anybody here found joy in the middle of sorrow, say amen. amen. Is there anybody here? Tell me, is there anybody here? Come on and say amen. 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 Have you found him faithful to care for you? Amen. Have you found him faithful? John Luce, have you found God faithful to care for you? Give me an amen. 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 Bear, have you found God faithful to care for you? Give me an amen. A big amen. Give me a big amen. Come on. Andrea Cohn, God's been faithful in your life? Amen. Daniel? Amen. Amen. Anybody here? Find that God has been faithful in their life? Say amen. Hmm. Jerry Shell, God has been faithful, care for you? Amen. The reality of Jesus caring for his children is found in the testimony of those who have been through the fire of testing the loss of a spouse, the loss of a job, the disappointment of broken relationships, and on and on and on, and are standing to tell about it. That's where the reality of Jesus caring for his children is found. Talk to those who have been through it, and they're standing today to talk about the faithfulness of God.
Revelation 12, 11 says this. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen? Amen? Dave Brown, God been faithful to you? 10,000 <laughs> Amen. You can read about the love of Jesus, which is important. You can read about the ability of Jesus, which is important. But until you experience for yourself the faithfulness of Jesus to care for you and tell someone about it, you're not fully understanding the depth, the height, and the width of the love that he has for you. Got to tell somebody. Who sung that? Don Francisco. Anybody remember Don Francisco? I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. I think that's the way he sung it too. I got to tell somebody. <laughs> so cast all your cares upon him and lay all of your burdens down at his feet. And any time that you don't know what to do, you can cast all your cares upon him. That's a simple invitation this morning. That is the simple invitation for you this morning. Come and cast all of your cares. Come and cast all of your anxieties. What's causing you to be anxious today? Are you hearing the news and you're anxious about, about what tomorrow might bring? Is the money that you've saved up for all, all this time, is your money gonna be gone when, when the banks decide not to open one day? Do you have anxiety about a job situation, a marriage situation, all these things that just cause you just to become undone inside? Cast all your cares upon him. He's more than able. He's more than able. His desire for you this morning is to be completely whole. Completely whole. Your mind to be whole, to think right. The Bible says to to renew your mind. We renew our mind by the reading of God's word. He wants your heart to be whole. If it's, if it's been broken, he wants to be the mender of your broken heart. If you're, if you're hurting physically, he wants to mend your body. He's more than able. You can cast all of your cares upon him. And it's not a chore. It's not a chore for him to do so. He wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants you to cast all your cares upon him. Let's pray. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.